Hi there. Welcome to Tech Talk Weekly. I'm Bob from Creation Station. This is our weekly show where we talk about two or three interesting tech topics in the news. Do you have an idea of how much you should get paid to help out AI? We're going to talk about that one with you. We have some interesting, fun stories with you. And as always, I try to have a guest from the library and they just lost their connection as I started the show. So we're going to get them in here in just a minute. Uh, first, uh, make sure you send in your stories to us, uh, creationstation at Broward.org. One of the stories today was sent in by a listener earlier this week. So make sure you let us know what you're, what's on your mind and what you want us to cover. I am going to start our stream here and hope that my guest joins us here in just a minute. First story of the day is robo-taxis, auto-driving cars, self-driving cars, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you may have seen news stories. We talked a little bit about that in a robots class that I taught two weeks ago, if you caught that class. Or you've just seen it in the news about, oh, these robo cars are blocking the streets in San Francisco or whatever. Um, one of the reasons why they are blocking the streets in San Francisco is San Francisco is one of the three primary cities in the United States that they're using actively doing um, autom automated driving cars on their own. But for those of you down here in South Florida, uh, I want you to notice Miami is on the list of testing because if you haven't yet, uh, you can, in your downtown Miami, they do have these vehicles on the streets here. Now, where else? Uh, Phoenix, Austin, and San Francisco are the three primary places because Texas, Florida, California, and Arizona are the top three places for testing them. Weirdly enough, if you may have followed our show for a while, we talked last year about Michigan putting brand new regulations in to allow it. Also, none of the car companies, including GM, who is in Michigan, obviously, have started any testing there in the last year. So it's an interesting part of this. And one of the ideas here is you want to be able to scale up, do some testing stuff, in a place that's complicated like San Francisco and then add to that and bringing them to new cities and the newer cities go much faster because you've already learned all this training data that's out there at another location. So they work pretty well. And if you're saying, yeah, Hey, great. How come they're not in all these States and how come only these particular places and what's the federal government doing about this? There are no federal regulations. Most federal regulations are about safety measures for the driver. A driverless car, by definition, does not have a driver, and they don't even have steering wheels or brakes or accelerators or anything like that in the most advanced cases. So there's nothing for the federal government to regulate. That's why it comes down to the states and local municipalities of deciding what they're going to allow or not allow on their roads, moving around and doing stuff. So pay attention, no matter where you are out there in the world. Uh, if you're here in the United States, you've got, you can see there's 12 different states now that are doing something. And if you're down here in South Florida, 
down in Miami, down in the Wynwood area, they have these things operating with a backup driver still in them in the testing phase. And they're going to be moving along really quickly. So pay attention to that. Uh, speaking of something else that is progressing really quickly and doing is AI. I know every week you got to do a story on AI, it feels like, right? Here's the thing with it. We, I in particular, um, and I'm guessing a bunch of the people who are listening to this show right now, uh, are tr traditionally thinking about this in English. So you're thinking about what are you doing for this uh, when you're using it in AI, when it, the chatbot models, you're using it in English. And there's a lot more languages out there than just English, folks, right? So one of the issues is you need humans to train the AI in those, which means you have to pay the humans to take care of these languages. And rest of world, great site. I've talked about it before. Really good perspective on the global south. Uh, non-traditional, you know, North American uh, and European sites. They have done, uh, it's called, they've got 60 different pushes now for job postings out there to get different languages added in, which is great. You want to get more people speaking, more people bringing in to create and adjust for things on ChatGBT and everything like all the various AI models. We talked about that last week. For how many they're going to do. Scale AI, that is the name of the company. Uh, we talked about scaling, but it's Scale AI is the name of the company doing this hiring right now. They create a lot of content that then feeds into the large language models. And I wanted to point out some of these ideas that some of this stuff is still really skewed. Uh, low resource languages, meaning there are lower chances for people to encounter it on the internet, or there are just not enough resources on the internet for it. If you've ever done something with Google Translate and tried to have uh, Haitian Creole as an example, that wasn't even available until the last 18 months or so on Google Translate in any kind of real format. So it was much harder to do. Andra, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. We had a little technical difficulty. Yeah, no worries. Talking about this idea of lower uh, low resource languages and getting hiring for the internet for AI training and stuff. Um, and I was just mentioning Haitian Creole wasn't even on uh, Google Translate at all up until very recently. Then uh, this is the one that blew me away in here. So Bengali, huge mm -hmm. language outside of the United States, huge language, right. 270 million people, 3% of the world's population speaks Bengali. Yes. Um, I experienced zero that. one three <laughs> percent on the web, yeah. and I'm like, mm -hmm. yes. But if you travel to Europe, like I traveled to Europe uh, recently over the summer, mm -hmm. and what I noticed, uh, I was in London, and I noticed um, that group of people speaking all these different languages, which was very fascinating to me, yeah. and um, just. I kept up with some of that with Google Translator, believe it or not. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah. It's it, when I did uh, 
we were in France over the summer and uh-huh. going to restaurants, going to places and people, Oh, we'll find yeah. try and find you in English. And I'm like, I got it. Don't worry about it here. I pull out the camera, boom, start, start tracking and doing right. it. And, and, and then, you know, like I didn't quite get the language and then the person tell me what it was. And then I went to the translator and we download the language mm-hmm. and it was just like having the phone right here in my hand like this and saying what I want to say and then turn it around and then them saying it's just playing it back. I was like, yeah. wow, is, is this AI, is this Google Translate? What is it? I know. And one of the issues that they're having is that pe- the people who are building those languages for people, for those companies, mm-hmm. are getting paid such weird, different amounts. Uh, and right. the article here points out a couple of things. For example, uh, if you're doing German, you might get paid $15 an hour, whereas if you're doing... Um, Portuguese, mm-hmm. which Portuguese was the really weird one. Did you catch that one there? If you're no, in Portugal, uh-huh. you will get paid $8.20 an hour to correct and fix the language models in Portuguese. Whoa. But if you're in Brazil, speaking mm-hmm. Portuguese in Brazil, you will only get paid three dollars and ninety-seven cents um, for maybe doing the exact same work for the exact same language. Maybe it's the value of the currency. Maybe that's no, that's the that's, way. that's adjusting for that. Yeah, no? that is just underpaying people who deserve to get Thanks. more money. Yes, economies of scale. I don't know, but that's interesting. Well, and that's that's a really good point. Bringing that the whole economy of scale of how many people are doing it because you would think you would want to pay people more to bring those rarer languages in. And mm-hmm. instead they're like, Oh no, 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 you, you may speak this rare language, but we want you to have a master's degree before we'll let you help and contribute. And that's like kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you're asking that of any English speakers. Mm, no, maybe because yeah. I'll, because maybe because our laws are kind of set. And since we have, Certain laws, you know, they well, apply that, those to them. That is a great segue. Thank you. Because people do want to make laws about AI and copyright and all that. And starting today, it just went live last night. Uh, there is a brand new thing from the U.S. Copyright Office. And link is in the show notes for everybody. So you can go watch these. By the way, this is one of the articles that was sent in by a listener. So thank you very much for that. Wow, that's nice. And there is now on the Federal Register, uh, let me show you what that looks like. The link there is in the show notes. You can click on there and go and add your own notice. Add your own information, your own comment to here. Federal Register is a very fun place to check every once in a while for the different Mm -hmm. things that Congress and the federal government is looking for comments on. But the idea here is they are looking for three questions that they want the general public to give answers for. One is how should the AI models use copyright in training, copyrighted material in training? How should they use it? No, this is not a question of if. That is done and finished and over. All right, but let me It is a question of how now. How now? Correct. Didn't we go through this process before? No. The federal government never got around to doing this before everything came out for everyone, even though the comp- even though the various AI companies 
asked mm-hmm. over the last 12 months about this. And then when the last fall, when chat GBT just exploded, everybody was like, wait, 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 wait. And it's like, the companies told you what they were doing and there's no federal regulations because the federal government sometimes can't find We'll just drop that line there. However, (laughs) one thing to point out about this, if you are worried, if you're concerned, if you want to talk about the idea of those images, like you don't want people taking photographs and creating AI from that or music or anything, that is not part of this because those are handled on individual agreements by companies and artists and things like that. That is not part of copyright for this. There are some other issues along copyright, especially because I did not include a link in the show notes, but they just had a ruling on Monday. Uh, a federal judge said, no, you cannot copyright anything from an AI. You cannot copyright anything, something from an AI. So if Why? I give the, the chatbot the responses here, I want you to build this for me. Mm-hmm. I can have it spit out an entire book. I can publish the book, but I cannot copyright it. I can't get any legal rights to that book. So someone else can just come and copy that entire book and publish it themselves if they wanted to. Because, That's why people have to go to this site and read and look. And why? Write, give give the government you, your ideas. Right. Is it because it's an AI book? Correct. The, the, the ruling was that because it is machine generated, you cannot no one own the copyright it. for it. Hmm. So no one owned anything that's machine generated. Which the big argument from people is, wait, wait, wait. What happens then if I used Photoshop on my images? Does that mean now? Because Photoshop has built-in AI tools. Yes, if you used those built-in AI tools to change your photograph, does that mean now you just lost your copyright to the photograph you took? No one knows. That's why I want people pay attention to these things. Go to the register, fill it out. You can start putting in stuff now. Attention, then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You got to pay attention to these things. You really have to know this stuff, and and Mm -hmm. go look at what's possible. Uh, Let me see. They're going to close this. Let me get the exact dates. Uh, November fifteenth. So you have two more months. Two more months. Uh, October eighteenth is when. All the written stuff has to be turned in and mm-hmm. everything has to be submitted by November 15th. And then they will gotcha. start the review process. So you uh, get a little bit of time. Yeah. What's that site again? Do you, can you, um... the, it's the federal register. It's in the show notes. And I put a direct link. The article talking about it has a link to the PDF of uh-huh. what this page would be. But now that the page is live, I put a link to the direct page in the show notes for everyone to go follow. Perfect. All right. So we can yeah, it just came out yesterday. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's, well, it's, information it's, is changing so fast. So in, in exactly. Have to keep up. Right. Yeah. Every everyone has to to speak up. Don't let the big tech companies be in control. Don't let the people who are afraid of the technology and don't want anything to change be in control. <laughs> control. Everybody yes, yes, contributes yes. their ideas. Yeah, if not, yes, we'll be we'll be. And they stuck. actually do read this stuff. That's mm-hmm. a, there's actually offices of people that are just tasked with having to read these things. I know oh, okay. someone who does it. They hate their job. <laughs> wow. Oh, mm. they just sit here and have to read thing after thing after thing. And so many of them are just copy and pasted. They hate mm-hmm. it. Um, wow. But something else that the government's doing and mm-hmm. is making it 
a better thing for us, uh, maybe better for us. At least we're more informed. And what's that? <laughs> so NASA has the first pollution monitoring satellites up and running and working. Going to show you on the video here, all of those spots showing up in the United States, that dark right there, that's air pollution live. Okay. Move, not, I mean, when this was filmed at the beginning of August, you can see it moving hour by hour across the country. You can mm -hmm. see where and how, as an example, here's a, they highlight in on the Northeast corridor there, Washington, D.C. through New York. You can see how New York gets a huge blob right, right at the end of the workday. So where, where, where's the rest of the world? Well, they're, they're highlighting the United States right here. We're going to get to the rest of the world here in just a second because it's not a U.S. problem. But you can see, look at what happens in New Orleans at the, mm -hmm. that time of day. So, so I'm seeing this large city, you know. Yeah. Right this, is what, this is when all those cars get out onto the road and start emitting mm -hmm. all that CO2 and stuff like that. Look at what happens to your city when that goes. Great what, what tool about, to go experiment with. How about the Midwest? What do you what do you show in the uh, They show just a little bit of the Midwest uh, from the overall view uh, and just how it, from the night to day as you get more pollution. And it when you go and start looking and day, days of the week are different, hours of the day are different and everything like that, it's a really useful tool. Uh -huh. And one of the reasons it's useful is, I don't want to sound all doom and gloom, so <laughs> no, hang on, but wait, 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 hang on. You see, yeah. we can get back to the rest of the world. Yeah, okay. we're getting to the rest of the world. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this article here comes out. Now, this mm -hmm. is from a business financial website instead. So they're looking at it from a little bit of a different spin of saying, if you live in one of these cities, you're going to have severe problems and you're going to, your financial well-being is also going to suffer because your city's going to suffer, et cetera. So out of the 25 worst, I'm, I'm going to skip right to the top 10 because I know most people, and we don't have a lot of time left, most people want to know who these top 10 cities are. Correct. Um, Marrakesh, mm -hmm. Nairobi, mm -hmm. Boston. Boston. Boston is number eight in the world for highest at risk because... It is going. It is the twenty-first largest impact from sea level rise, and the nineteenth largest from an increase in temperatures. Whoa! Because they are in the northern hemisphere, and their temperatures are going to rise higher. Higher. Spoiler alert: Miami is not even on the top twenty-five list because <laughs> we are already at some of these marks, and so it's not going to get worse. We're all the there mm -hmm. for some, for some of these economic things, it's going to get worse. Everyone's going to get worse. Don't, don't get fooled by that. But Ooh. yeah, that I know that's what there. Seoul Korea looks like sometimes. Wow. Uh, Cardiff, the UK Cardiff. I know you may have like, what, how it's a tiny little city, only 400,000 people live in there. How can that be? So they are going to be crushed by sea level rise. Mm. Fourth highest problem of sea level rise on the planet is wow. Cardiff UK. Hmm. Uh, let's let's round out our top five here really briefly. Melbourne, Australia, 
Shenzhen, China. Uh, really interesting one here. You you are looking at it and you're like, well, okay, Amsterdam? the, the sea level is going to go up because they're on the coast. Yeah. Part of the mm. biggest problem with that, over almost 12 million people living in the city. And it is yeah. the manufacturing spot for the globe. When you go look at all those things that are in your house that came from China, a bunch over half came from Shenzhen itself. It's just a manufacturing center for the globe. And it's okay. the fourth most in danger place on the planet. Wow. Amsterdam, which obviously sea level rise is going to hugely affect all of the Netherlands. Hmm. Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam. This was the surprise for me. And I didn't. Surprise. I didn't realize how much sea level rise was going to affect them mm -hmm. over other. I, I thought like Miami and other cities would be much more affected for some mm -hmm. particular reason. They are in a really vulnerable spot. All the details for the study are attached to this article. Go in and really look at them. The number one worst is Bangkok, Thailand. Wow. They are at the 100, they rated every single city zero to 100. And then they only pulled the 25 that were the worst. And Bangkok is at 100 for the largest impact of sea level rise anywhere in the planet. And what um, did the article even mention what they're planning on doing about it to help? No, that's the problem is what, what can they do about it? You, you, we need to be working on it, but it's already happening. So it's not like we can flip a switch and say, oh, wait, no, we're going to stop using fossil fuels so, and it's just going to go away. Yeah. We need to stop using fossil fuels to stop it from getting even worse than it's already getting. Gotcha. And how are we going to pull that off? That's that's a topic for another show. Ha. Yeah. <laughs> Andra, yeah. Thank you for fighting through the tech problems and getting in here. Tell yes, everybody man. what you do for the county because you didn't get a chance to say that at the beginning. No, that's that's right. I I am responsible for I manage our volunteers for the county for the libraries division, and we have over six thousand volunteers that um, sign up to volunteer with with um, the libraries division, from shelving books to volunteering with the friends to doing anything that you possibly can imagine. And also we have volunteers that are doing programs, assistance with programs. If they have any kind of idea of a program that they would like to do, being a volunteer is a unique way to do it. Um, we're always looking for volunteering. We're always looking for new ideas because this is it's a library system and we're everyday information changes yeah. and um, volunteering is very important to us. Uh, 36 branches, folks. Yes, 36 <laughs> branches. And, and plus, you know, I've, I've seen stuff on TV where they're talking about, you know, as we come out of COVID, there are people that are still stuck in, in this um, rut of no socialization well, yeah, and well, isolation. You get in you know here, yeah. You know, exactly. so we need, so we're asking you, you know, if you're one of those people or, you know, you need to get out, you know, you can come to the library and volunteer. You know, we have a lot of stuff that we need help with, and we will put you to work. It'll be fun. You know? Yeah, it'll be and, fun. And you get to work with some cool people. We do. Yes, yes. Me, and I have a form here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got forms everywhere. And this is our marketing slogan. And if you can say it, it says, yep, we, we need you. Yes. 
And you know, inside yes, here I have uh, information about becoming a volunteer. And it's all I on the library stuff. website, Broward.org Broward. slash library. And, you know, and then we turn it on the back, you know, it's the big thing is you will make a difference. There we you go. Volunteering in the library, you will make a difference. It and is. that's the part that I really want to talk about. When you, you volunteer, you yeah. will make a difference. You will make a friend. Um, so please. Come on in. Well, come on in. Come on. Do it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Let's throw up our final slide here for the day. If there is a story or a library you'd like to see featured on the show, creationstation at Broward.org comes right to us. We'll see yeah. everybody next week. Thank you. And sorry about the, uh, the delay in the